of As If, the podcast about Clueless, where we talk about Clueless minute by minute. I am Jesse Cooper, your host, and with me today is Owen Chules. And I'm a bit sad because this is our last episode together for the foreseeable future. For the foreseeable future. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll meet up again. Maybe not as sad as the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Uh, so uh, this minute starts up with uh, a PA saying, next up. Number 14, Traven Birkenstock, which I think might be the first time you hear his last name. I think so. Tra- yeah. You did say Traven Birkenstock, which is not his name. Tra- Traven. Traven. <laughs> <laughs> well, I-, I turned him into a fantasy character. Yeah, that's uh, cool. I mean, Traven. So, uh, Travis Birkenstock. Uh, <laughs> Traven Birkenstock was uh, number 13. <laughs> They're brothers. Right. Okay. Which Birkenstock is like a kind of sandal, right? Yeah, it's really ugly white people. Do you think he's he's like part of the Birkenstock family? You know, he is he well, from the Boston Birkenstocks? I mean, it would be interesting. I would like to maybe add that into the movie's lore. Like he's he, secretly mega rich. Like he's even way richer than Cher or Dion or anyone. Yeah, and he's he just actually, this stoner kid. And after the credits, there's like a sequence where his dad arrives in a jet. And picks him up, and takes him and Ty off to their res- their island in the Caribbean. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's how that's how they that's how it works. But um, yeah, and it ends on who's Pippi Longstocking? Uh, he skates. Uh, they have another skating montage, which takes up quite a bit of time of this minute. Which I I don't know how much you would say quite a bit of time of a minute would be because honestly that literally goes down to tens of seconds. <laughs> But, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so their girls are just sitting down and giggling and pointing towards Travis. And they're just like, yeah, cool. Shear says something that's really weird. It, this is just a weird, just couple of lines. Right, let I've me, had no... Let me hear your best Alicia Silverstone impression. I had no idea that he was so motivated. Oh, I did. <laughs> that was my bit. That was yeah. my... Well, Ty always had faith in him, didn't she? You know? Yeah, and now Cher's coming around. She can see what what Ty sees in him. But that was, but that's the thing. It's just like I had no idea he was so motivated. Yeah, but he wasn't, was he? He was a stoner dropout. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. But that's the thing. No, but I'm just saying, just the way that thing. It's it's so clinical. Yeah, that's what matters to her, I suppose. I feel I know Cher has like kind of a weirdly clinical way she speaks because she speaks in a very uh, high vocabulary. But like it, but like coming from such a young-looking and young-sounding person, it just feels like you know. Again, I think that feels kind of real because it's first of all an affectation because she wants to appear. Yeah, no, it's definitely you know, an affectation. Yeah, right? but you also can... you think that what her, what are her interactions at home? Her father is a really successful, high-profile lawyer who seems to encourage her in her debating skills and he actually is proud of her when she ups her grade through negotiation rather than through hard work 
early on in the yeah. film. So I guess it comes from him to a certain extent as well. And the people, they've always got these lawyers and stuff in the house working on the cases and things like that. So I guess she picks up on it. It'd be kind of like if you were hanging around the West Wing, I suppose, in a, in a way. I understand that completely. Uh, it's, it's, it, but it's definitely, it feels forced sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's supposed to happen. Like, I think it's supposed to be that way. Yeah. I, maybe she's just trying to say something nice and say, you know, maybe I was wrong about him. She's kind of giving her that and saying, look, yeah, okay, I'd, I'd, it's not strictly true, but I'll let you have this to kind of show that I'm trying to make, you know, I'm trying to build bridges. Between. This next this next part, I think, is actually something that I, like, actually said awe to in the beginning. Cher uh, says, when I saw the spike... The, the spikes the spikes are just super large and the spikes between Cher and travis uh it's horrific that there's so many spikes between them that <laughs> uh, uh, when i saw the sparks between ty and travis i knew josh was out of the picture right yeah which is and good we, because he's literally out of the, the picture. next thing you know he's, <laughs> he's out of the picture i don't think yeah. you ever see them together what's she no, saying no, ty was super into josh oh okay and it was before Cher knew that she was into Josh, but yeah. it turns out she was. So we cut to, to... the next scene. And the first yeah. thing I have to say that I noticed as soon as I saw this shot of Paul Rudd and Alicia Silverstone sat at the table next to each other was, oh my God, it's Batgirl and Ant-Man. It's like a Marvel DC crossover <laughs> happening right in front of me. Oh, speaking of, uh, let's just talk about Paul Rudd for a little bit. Okay. Uh, uh, well, why is he so handsome? <laughs> <laughs> like, how can you be like that handsome but also affable and talented and approachable? Like, Do you know what, though? I think that he is what you would call the boy next door. You know the phrase, the girl next door? He's yeah, yeah. the boy next door. He's good looking, but he's not super good looking. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he's approachable. Yeah. And he's also just funny. Yeah. And he he's just kind seems of nice. Self-deprecating, generally. He's one of these guys that kind of plays the same character over and over again. Which, But I'm fine. Yeah, that. I'm not. <laughs> it's not necessarily criticism to say that. Yeah. Because he's so likable. And a lot of people do it. You know, like Bruce Willis does it all the time. I wouldn't say he's very likable, though. But yeah, you know, he has I would a say that he's fun to watch. Yeah, I would say that he has he has some charisma, but it's I don't think it's the way that it's not nearly close to the just absolute Mount Everest of charisma mm. that Paul Rudd has. I think Paul Rudd has a sort of natural style as well in the way that he acts. He seems real, and he seems like you could approach him and go for a l- nice drink with him. Do you know what I mean? No, he also seems like he'd be totally okay with like like with a hug too. Yeah, like he'd probably I mean, like he'd probably even like he'd probably even be the one who initiates it. Like you shake his hand, he'd be like, "Oh, yeah. come on!" And like he gives you a nice big hug. So what we're Which, sort of saying is we want to kind of get to first second base with Paul Rudd as well. Yeah, no, I see. <laughs> I think my I think my uh, my goal in life is to get a, a hug from Paul Rudd. Okay, now that, I think that's like, achievable. I think it is. Like, I just yeah. need to be at the right place at the right time. I feel like I can get, probably get a picture with him. Yeah. Maybe, like, have, like, a little one-minute conversation. <laughs> and he'd give me a nice big hug. And but everything would be cool. It's funny, though, isn't it? Because there are these actors that, for whatever reason, you kind of connect with. And you feel like, he seems like a cool guy. 
Do you know what I mean? I'm like that with Simon Pegg, actually. I've met Simon oh, Pegg before, and he was really nice. Nick Frost was kind of a miserable git, actually. But Really? Oh, yeah. Nick Frost is... I love Nick Frost. I mean, you know, I might have caught him on an off day or, yeah. you know, whatever, but he wasn't particularly friendly, but Simon Pegg was lovely. Well, I'm glad that Simon Pegg seems as lovely as he appears on screen. Yeah. Simon Pegg's also another one of those actors that doesn't... Who seems to play a very similar character most yeah, of the time? Yeah, that's true. Because I would even argue, but look, like, at, I, know, I would argue though. Yeah. Like I, I probably know what you're about to bring up. Okay. Yeah. But I would argue that uh, Officer Angel or whatever he played in Hot yeah. Fuzz, while it isn't like the like kind of like loser stereotype or whatever, it still has the same neuroticism. Yeah. And that is exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, you're right. No, like, it's very similar. Like, it's, it's, it's just like a click off. Like, it's just like, instead of like, instead of being all about not doing his job and just being like floating, he's just focused. Yeah. Like, I think that's the only difference. Yeah. He has a similar, I don't know. I was going to say personality, but it's, that's the only difference really, isn't it? Is that he's not a slacker. He's the opposite. Yeah. But, but, see, but like he plays pretty much the same character yeah. in like most of the stuff yeah. he plays. In. I am not a fan of him as Scotty, though. I have to say, I think he's completely miscast in that role yeah. in Star Trek. Again, appealing to the as ifers out there, the teen comedy fans. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, both uh, Josh and Cher are sitting really close together at a yeah. dinner table. Like it looks like they're just about to pounce on each other. I mean, there's serious flirting going on now. I mean, yeah. I if I was that lawyer guy in the room with them, I'd be like, I can't just... No, no, I would, I would tell them to get in the room. Uh, yeah. I would tell I'd them to be like, really? First, first off, Josh knows better. Like, Cher, I'd expect that from. Josh yeah. knows better. Did he always like her, or was, was there a defining moment? I think there probably was. We won't cover that, because it would have been already covered, but, you know? Well, okay, no, here's the thing, though. Let me, let me just bring up a thing, which, I mean, between me and you, there's mm. a, about a decade or so. Yeah. Which, for the most part, I think we can talk and, you know, get along and relate to a lot of things, yeah. I would say. But, like, the difference between a 20-year-old and an 18-year-old mm-hmm. is big most of the time. Like, that just that the two years difference. Yeah. Because you're, you're two years into being an adult, aren't you? Whereas at 18, yeah, you've you're... just hit adulthood. Really? Yeah. And I I know that's putting a label on it, because obviously you could argue what's the difference between 17 and 18, but it's the fact that society puts a label on it, and it says you are now responsible for your own actions. And there is a a kind of change, I think, in people where they're like, oh, yeah, I need to start doing this. Not everyone, but I think in general. So I don't understand how a college guy could date a girl in high school that, even though that happens all the time. Paul Rudd is perpetually 30. Yeah, like he's like perpetually at a really nice age. Like what, just... he's like 60 now, I guess? Okay, he says, you look like Pippi Longstocking. Okay. No, you look like Forrest Gump. <laughs> which, which, which a great, great, great beat. It's like, you look like Forrest Gump. And he does. Who's he? Pippi Longstocking? Who is she? Which is like, great. Like, it's a great beat. Like, it's a great, like, just joke beat right there. <laughs> It like it like while she's doing it, like she mm. like she holds on to like one of her pigtails, and she's mm. just like, "Who's Pippi Longstocking?" And that's great. But th- that illustrates the gulf between them because that's the sort of thing that your grandpa would say to you, isn't it? Like, "You look like Pippi Longstocking, young lady." And then she goes, "Who's that?" The- she doesn't look like Pippi Longstocking. Pi- 
No, first off, she's not a redhead. No. And Second off, she's, I she, bet she's not even wearing long stockings. She's not Swedish, either. Yeah, she has no freckles. However, I see. brilliant burn back at him, because he does look like Forrest Gump. Yeah, he does. He, he looks... he He's wearing a trucker hat. And that trucker hat, I don't know if you know, but it had KU on it, and the relevance of that is... That presumably stands for uh, Kansas University, so it's the University of Kansas. I don't think Paul Rudd went there, but he's from Kansas. Oh, well, that's nice. And they do that a lot in films, don't they? Where they oh, maybe their that's team why he's or... so nice. You, yeah? Maybe that's why he's so nice. He's, he has that nice Midwestern charm. That's what I'm narrowing it down. He's he's like, he has that nice Midwestern charm to him. Yeah. That's why well, he's so like affable and lovable. Again, mild-mannered Paul Rudd from Kansas superhero speaking of pippi longstocking have you watched the movie that came out like maybe late 90s or no no i am only vaguely aware of her existence well like you remember when they're doing a lot of uh reboots of like like rocky and bullwrinkle uh yeah the jetsons and what the live action ones you're talking about not live action i mean live actions and just like straight up like movies rocky and bullwinkle starring Robert De Niro, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. What uh, possessed him to do that? $1.7 million, probably. <laughs> but that's my uh, point of reference for Pippi Longstocking. Yeah. Is, uh, is that movie? I have, I have no idea. Like, was it a comic strip? It was a series of books by a Swedish author, I think. Oh, was it like uh, Amelia Bedelia, but with a little girl? I've no, I don't know. You've lost me there. Amelia Amil- Bedelia. Is that like... Oh, I- is that like um, what's what? <laughs> well, Amelia Bedelia. I was is thinking a... of that male gigolo. Oh, oh. <laughs> Juice Bigelow male. Is that like Juice Bigelow male gigolo? <laughs> uh, not really. Uh, she's this uh, maid. Yeah. That takes everything literally. <laughs> so like, if you could, so like any turn of phrase, like uh, hang, like uh, not hang up the sheets. Um, that's actually a really straightforward thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, what I don't I can't think of any like idioms that would be like <laughs> oh god why am I well like so you stupid. say uh, okay I gotta fly uh, oh yeah or something It'd be like oh how are you gonna do that or I literally can't think of anything <laughs> right now that's a good example but uh, yeah but she takes everything literally basically you are listening to the as if podcast just in case you <laughs> forgot I thought for that if there. <laughs> Yeah, this is Morris just talking about how handsome Paul Rudd is. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's a beautiful man. It's time for me to plug my podcast, Classic Smashic, where I watch an old movie with my old friend and we have a look at how it fares in today's modern age, much as Paul Rudd might talk to Alicia Stil- Silverstone about how things were back in the olden days back in 1000 bc <laughs> uh this is jesse uh i have a podcast called turn to page where i read a juju adventure book with a couple of friends and we adventure and review and goof on the books and uh, have a lot of fun most of the time and i am all- you can find more stuff about that on itunes stitcher all that and on the facebook group and on twitter at turn to page pod i will also be on a podcast with the wonderful and beautiful co-host 
Carrie Nelson will have conversations with me based off of random Wikipedia articles. And uh, it's fun, too. So, yeah, that has uh, that's been our last minute. So, But uh, next week, you'll have uh, uh, Shannon Camp hosting. Oh, yeah, she's good. With uh, Christy Amaral and Catherine Cogert. Well, uh, bye. Um, <laughs> you'll hear my voice at some other point also. Okay, well, thanks very much. I'm Audi. I'm Audi, too. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of As If, the podcast all about Clueless. This has been produced by Darren Husted, executive produced and hosted by Jesse Cooper, along with my guest, Owen Chules. Follow us on Facebook at As If, the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at As If underscore podcast. Follow us on Instagram, As If Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Shout Engine, or the podcasting app of your choice. Please rate and review if you enjoy. Clueless is owned by Paramount Pictures. No infringement is intended. All rights reserved. Copyright 2016.